Welcome to Fresh Catholic, a podcast for those who are converting, reverting, or simply want a fresh perspective of the Catholic faith to help them to open their hearts and minds to become closer to the love and goodness of Christ. My daily prayer is that I will be a bright light to others, to be filled with the love and light of Christ, so that when people look at me, they see Him radiating out from me for His glory. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Balderas, and I'm so happy you're here. So I've been thinking a lot about humility lately, maybe more specifically pride versus humility, because we just recently came off of Pride Month. I find it fascinating that people, especially during Pride Month, boast about being prideful when it's actually one of the seven deadly sins, if not one of the biggest sins. Theologians and philosophers, which I am neither, reserve a special place for pride. The other seven deadly sins, which are lust, envy, anger, greed, gluttony and sloth are all bad, but pride is the deadliest of all, the root of all evil and the beginning of sin. Definitions of pride is the noun pride describes a feeling of happiness that comes from achieving something. When you do a good job or finish a difficult task, you feel pride or you're proud I personally don't think this is necessarily bad. I think you can be proud of yourself or proud of someone else's achievements, like your children or or something like that. Nothing's wrong with a pat on the back. But pride can also have a negative meaning and refer to exceedingly high self-regard or when a person can't admit wrongdoing or a failure. They're prideful. Some quotes from the Bible. In Proverbs 11, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. In Proverbs 18, before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. In my opinion, when people are prideful, they are very full of themselves, wanting all eyes on them. They will go to great lengths to make sure all eyes are on them, which I I find phenomenal. It's it's like sometimes watching a car accident, (laughs) which isn't good. They have an inflated view of themselves and think they're in charge of any and all things that are happening. They think anything they want to have happen will happen because they made it happen. They manifested it. That word manifesting that gets thrown around a lot. They mainly focus on themselves. Looks, needs, superficial things. They get advice from all sorts of sources. Self-help books are very important to them. I know back when I was married before, I feel like I had quite a lot of this prideful tendency, I want to say. I know, you know, I had a lot of things and a lot of fancy things, and I was very concerned with how I looked, how I dressed, what I had. I think that those were very prideful things. I don't think those are things that I would want today. 
I know I have a lot of things that I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing or wouldn't feel comfortable having in my current state of being a devout Catholic. Those things just aren't as important to me anymore. Prideful people are convinced they don't need God. They believe they are in charge when in fact it is God. In Proverbs 16, this is what it says. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Another line from Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. There's a powerful story in the book of Exodus, which is a good example of pride. It's when the Egyptians held captive the Israelites and God sent Moses to Pharaoh to release them from slavery, but he wouldn't, even after nine plagues that devastated the civilization. He still held on to his pride until the tenth plague, which was to take the firstborn child and kill the child, which finally broke him. And this event is still remembered today by the Jewish people at Passover. I mean, there were these very serious plagues being sent, and Pharaoh just thought he was in charge and was very prideful, and God just kept giving him plague after plague until the the tenth plague. In contrast to pride, there is humility. The definition of humility is an essential characteristic for followers of Christ. The Bible defines humility as the fear of the Lord which is from Proverbs 22. Freedom from pride or arrogance, the quality or state of being humble. So being humble, having humility, and living in a humble way. What does that all mean? Let's dive in, shall we? I believe if we are followers of Christ, we are called to be humble, to humble ourselves before the Lord. I have had many moments, especially in the past few years, where I've had to really humble myself and ask for help. It's not easy. It's not fun. And yet, sometimes you have to do that. It's humbling to be on Medi-Cal. It's humbling to not be able to go buy new clothes. I buy all my clothes at the thrift store, which I've made into a fun thing. But I certainly uh, I'm, I'm not capable of going and buying new clothes at, at the store like I used to. It's humbling to not be able to go out to dinner or go to the movies or go on vacations. It's just a humbling thing that is the way that I live these days. Even more humbling is when you have to ask for help with buying food. I had a moment at church one day where one of the parishioners was supposed to deliver some food to somebody and the people weren't there and she was going to, I don't know what she was going to do with the food, and I told her that we needed the food. And she kind of looked at me shocked and tilted her head and I said, we're just really having a hard time these days with work. And she very happily handed over the box of food and I was so abundantly grateful that God had provided for us with having her show up that day. So it is what it is, and we 
just have to learn to humble ourselves sometimes and know that God is always providing for us. And it helps us to also know how other people are feeling. If you are put in a humbling situation like that, it makes you more aware of the people around you that are struggling. If you always have everything handed to you, you never quite know how other people who might be struggling feel. So I always look at it as a gift of I know how it feels to struggle. So anytime I have an extra anything or anytime I can give to someone else, I'm happy to do that because I know how it feels. And as they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So these are ways to learn humility. Another really perfect, beautiful example of humility would be Mother Teresa and everything she did for the service of others to help others. She would go begging in the streets to put food on the table for people and just would just completely gave up everything in her life to go to the the one of the most impoverished places on the planet and it didn't matter to her how she was received one of my favorite stories is when she went into i believe it was like a a bakery or a bread shop and was asking for bread for some children and the the shop owner spit in her face and she said thank you, now may I have some bread for the children. She just literally got spit in the face and it, and she just wiped it away and kept on task. She was very focused on what her mission was. And I just think she's such a good role model for humility. You know, she obviously didn't have any worldly goods. If you've ever seen her room where she lived, it was so stark and simple and humble. And I just think if you really want to learn more about humility that's other than Jesus, I would suggest you look into Mother Teresa. I saw a film about her that I thought was very well done. And she had more goods than she ended up with, let me put it that way, material goods. And she was definitely one of the biggest hearted saints we have. Humility is critical to receiving God's grace. In Luke 14, it says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. James 4 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. We definitely need to surrender to God in humility, knowing he is the Lord. Proverbs 15 says, The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. We are weak and powerless without the Lord, for sure. I feel it's great to use the gifts that God has given us to receive what we want. But it's God's will what happens in our lives, not our will. So I think it's okay to use the gifts, like I say, that that God has given us. I don't say, oh, because of me, I'm able to do this, that, and the other. It's what God has given me. It's God's gifts, and I want to use them the best way I can. And we all have gifts, and it's great to give God that honor. I believe humility and surrender go hand in hand. 
Let's get this straight. God is in charge. God decides everything. We are but lowly humans. We must surrender to God. We must surrender fully to God and his will and humble ourselves to his divine and all-knowing guidance and wisdom. In Philippians 2, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We need to live with humility, which to me means we don't always need to be the center of attention. We're not always right. We're not always in charge. We're not always going to get our way. We need to admit when we're wrong and ask for mercy and forgiveness. Eat some humble pie. Hence the name of this podcast <laughs> this week. It is really hard to admit when you're wrong. It's hard to humble yourself. It's hard to go with your tail between your legs. But it's really necessary sometimes. And don't always blame things on everybody else. Sometimes you did the thing that wasn't okay. And humble yourself and go to that person. You're going to feel so much better when you do. And then go to confession and humble yourself to the Lord and pour your heart out and show actual remorse and you will be forgiven. Colossians 3 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. We also need to be humble in our service to others and put their needs above ours. Make sacrifices for their well-being. This is a beautiful form of love. We need to live modestly and humbly. Extravagance of goods is, quite honestly, unnecessary in my opinion. Instead, be extravagant in love, kindness, mercy, forgiveness, sacrifice. Serve others. We can certainly use Christ's example. Jesus's biggest act of service that showed his humility is when he washed his disciples' feet on Good Friday. This action is often taken as a sign of servitude and humility, usually performed by a servant for their owner or their guests. I love the Holy Thursday Mass when the priests wash the feet of the deacons. I just think it's such a visual reminder of what Christ did with his disciples. I really like to just put myself in that moment, and I just think it's such a humbling thing for the priests who, I'm not saying they're prideful, it's just, you know, they have a, a place of honor in our church. I just really think it's such a beautiful way to show their humility by doing this beautiful act of service to the deacons. I really, I really think it's beautiful. In Peter 5, 
it says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Our greatest example of pride in the Bible is Satan, and our greatest example of humility is Jesus Christ. To defeat Satan, we must put on the whole armor of God and at the same time imitate Jesus Christ. Jesus is the perfect example of how to be humble. I do feel like becoming humble is a process and having humility is a process. I don't know that you're just instantaneously given the humility chip in your brain. I know from my own personal experience, I was raised in a certain way and I really didn't need a lot. I had all my needs met. I know sometimes I've lived in abundance, and sometimes I've lived in <laughs> scrape at the bottom of the barrel. I think it's both have really helped me to learn humility. And, you know, you have to learn from your trials, tribulations, challenges, all those things God is teaching you so that you can help others, so that you can be more empathetic, sympathetic, and loving, kind, and caring to people. If you always have everything swinging your way, I don't believe you'll ever know how to open your heart to people in need. So that's something like, I just think is really, maybe if you focus on when you're in a hardship, think about it and say, thank you, God, for this hardship. Maybe this will help me to bring Christ to other people to teach other people how to be humble, how to help others. When I was married to the father of my children and I was in my car accident, we went from having things to not having as much because we were paying so many doctors. We really relied on people. We had to humble ourselves. We were so grateful for everybody donating food to us, clothes to us, take, helping take care of our children when I wasn't able to. Uh, we lived in a trailer. We couldn't afford anything else. We didn't have a lot. And it just really made me extra grateful. It made me realize that there are people struggling out there. And that was kind of a precursor to a lot of uh, things for me. And then uh, we ended up thriving and doing well. And that really made me teach my children about giving to others, which I've talked about in another episode, where we would do a lot of charity work. We would donate a lot of things to charity. My children definitely knew about homeless people, and they like to help them personally. I think teaching your children to be humble like that, where you shouldn't always get everything you want. You have to work for it. There's lots of different types of people and families out there, and you don't want to rub other people's nose in things, certainly. You want to give where you can, when you can. Don't think of yourself as better than other people. When I go on my walk at the beach every day, there's a great deal of homeless people down there, and that's a humbling thing for them that they don't have things or they're looked down upon, I think, by many people. And I make a point of 
looking at them in their eyes, smiling at them, saying good morning, guiding them. I, I don't give them money and things, but we are encouraged at our church to actually give them a card that will give them actual help. Like they can go to St. Vincent de Paul. I think there's other shelters on the list, things like that. So I want to help them in ways that I can. I don't want to enable bad behavior, but I do want to help them. And I don't want to come off to them like I'm any better than they are. I've even had people ask me for things and I'll say, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now because actually I'm in need of some things. So I don't want to ever come off like I'm better than anybody because I'm not. And I just have been put in positions where it's made me more humble because again, I have to ask for help or I need help or maybe I have $100 in the bank and I have to ask people to wait for payment. That's a really hard thing to do is to say, I'm sorry, I can't pay you right now, but I'll pay you as soon as I can. And most of the time people are very understanding. Maybe they've had a humble moment maybe they've had to do that. So that's how we all learn to not be demanding or hostile and aggressive and mean and bullying to people who are struggling. Put yourself in their spot because one day maybe you will be in a humble position and you will need somebody to give mercy to you. Anytime you're given trials or challenges, look at it as a gift because this is how God is trying to help you to soften your heart, to be more sympathetic and empathetic to others, to put yourself in someone else's shoes and say, gosh, if I was in this spot or when I'm in this spot, I would sure like somebody to help me. I would sure like somebody to be merciful to me. So look at all those things as a gift. Thank God for opening your eyes and helping you to become a more humble beautiful heart in the world. So in closing, work less on, on being less prideful and more humble. We have enough peacocks in the world. Now some fresh Catholic news. Well, it's finally coming. My Patreon. I'm so excited. Yay. I will have it up and running August 21st. That is the launch date. So I hope and pray that you will help support my mission and go to my Patreon. There's a few different levels and I'm going to keep some of it a surprise so that you will go and check it out. There will be different levels, different perks. There will be exclusive content. There will be merchandise. I'm just so excited. And so I hope you will go. I hope you will support me. Tell your friends and family. There's other ways you could help support me. I'm looking for not just Patreon supporters, but also sponsors. And if you would like to advertise on my podcast, please get in touch with me and let me know. And I'll advertise for you. How exciting. So let me know. See what you think. And thanks for listening today. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Now go out and be a bright light in someone's life. And remember, be focused, 
Be faithful and be fresh. Brush Catholic is produced, edited, and recorded at Wonder Mouse Studios in Ventura, California.